Hi, I'm Jo Rochelle, and this is Girl Wonder, a thoughtful and relaxing podcast that analyzes comics on Webtoon. If you want to dive deep into theories and relive some of the biggest moments in your favorite Webtoons, then you're absolutely in the right place. Sit back, relax, and we'll get started. Today on the podcast, we are discussing episodes 18, 19, 20, 21, and 22 of Reunion by Stefati. Boy, oh boy, do we have a lot to talk about in this comic, like the reveal of Shiro's dad, who is not how I expected him to be at all. We also get a lot of information about Shiro's family in this episode and quite a bit of romance, blushing, longing looks, and humor. I laughed so much. Before we break down these important moments in the comic, I want to thank everyone who recommended it to me. I've been having a blast reading it, and I also want to encourage you to support the creator of this awesome comic. You can do that by going to patreon.com slash Stefati. I've left the link to that in the description box of this podcast episode. There on Patreon, Stefati uploads exclusive images that only patrons can see, and it's just a great community where fans of Reunion can connect. And if you find yourself enjoying this podcast episode, you can join my Patreon at patreon.com slash girlwonder. Patrons get early access to podcast episodes, which they did for this one, and my patrons voted in a poll for what I should talk about on the podcast, and Reunion ranked very highly in that poll, and look at us now. We're talking about Reunion. So join us. We would love to have you, and I'll leave the link to that in the description box as well. And now, our top cities that have listened to this podcast the most in the last seven days are Istanbul, Madison, Aberdeen, Kalamazoo, Moreno Valley, Glendale, and Auckland. Thank you all so much for listening to the podcast. I appreciate you fully. All right, let's get into it. Let's talk about Reunion. Before we break down episode 18, let's talk about what's been going on in the world of Reunion. In the episodes before this, Rhea was heading home late at night when she ran, literally ran into a little girl who couldn't find her parents and was being chased by big, scary guys. So Rhea defended the girl, but then got hit in the face. The little girl screamed for help, and then a masked figure in a hoodie who looked completely like Shiro, started attacking the guys. And if you had any doubt as to whether this was Shiro, you knew it when he almost said Rhea's name. He was like, Rhea, hey, are you okay? And then she looked down and saw the pink band-aid that she gave him and put on his hand. So by the time we got through with episode 15, we knew for sure that Rhea knew for sure. This vigilante is none other than Shiro. And after the ambulances came, he disappeared, probably out of self-preservation. He didn't want to get caught because the vigilantes aren't really on good terms with the police. So we're back in episode 18. Rhea knows that Shiro was stabbed the other night, and now she's making her way to the Ayakami residence. As she approaches the pretty large, pretty nice looking house, like I would live there, (laughs) that house is great, she sees someone whose back is turned to her, and that person says, ah, I've been expecting you. Don't you know it's rude to keep someone waiting for this long? So 
I knew that this was probably Shiro's dad on my first read of this episode, but Steph, the creator, totally fooled me for a second because I was like, he's waiting for Rhea? He's been expecting her? How long has this man been expecting her to show up and why? And Rhea is standing there perplexed, wondering the same thing. (laughs) So pull back to reveal it's Shiro's dad sitting on a rock in fluffy pink slippers holding a kitten. This is not how I imagined it would be when we saw his face for the first time. I did not know. I did not know he would be there with the pink fluffy slippers and a cat looking really cute on a rock. I didn't know. Totally caught me off guard. He has a scar through his eyebrow and over his eye that made me think of the Lion King of Scar, you know? It's a very distinctive feature on his face. Rimson Chicken commented and said, that's where Shiro gets his good looks. Mm-hmm. Lovey commented on this episode of the webtoon and said, them jeans are strong. <laughs> We're going to talk about Shiro's dad a lot in this podcast episode. We're going to analyze him a lot. So he's very polite and friendly when he sees Rhea. He calls her dear and asks if she's here to see Kira or Kai. And I took note of those names and I wondered, are these Shiro's siblings perhaps? But Kira and Kai, gotta remember them for later. They will be introduced as a part of Shiro's family, I assume. So Shiro's dad and the cat are stunned to hear that she's here to see Shiro. Look at that cat's eyes in that panel, (laughs) bulging out like that. This cat was like, Shiro has no girlfriends. (laughs) Who is this? What is going on? This cat's world has been turned upside down. And Shiro's dad says, does my boy finally have a girlfriend? Sir, he had a girlfriend. Her name was Corey, and she cheated on him. I find it interesting that either he doesn't know that, or he doesn't count Corey as a real girlfriend. We'll have to find out. But the way he said, does my boy finally have a girlfriend, makes it seem like it's either been forever since Shiro last had a girlfriend or he's never had one. Rhea has to explain why she's here, why she showed up at the house. And she makes it clear that she knows Shiro was injured. And when we get to the panel where the dad asks, so what has Shiro told you? I will say that daddy looks dangerous in this panel. He's one of those characters who can go from super fun-loving and chill to deadly serious, right? And at this point in the webtoon, I wasn't sure what I thought of him yet. I couldn't pin him down. So he invites Rhea in to say hello to Shiro. And he explains that most of the family lives in this house. Three generations of people, which I found fascinating. I feel like they're a close-knit family for all of that. I don't think I could live with all the generations of my family in one place. It's not for me, but I'm happy that they have each other. (laughs) I really like being independent and having my own space where I can make my own little family. And this is my house and I control when I go to sleep, when I wake up, when I get my work done without like a parent or a grandparent or a great-grandparent telling me what to do. Still, I bet there's a lot of benefits to living with your family and being really close-knit with them. I just find it interesting that Shiro chooses to live with Bass, his friend, and not here with his family. Why is that? His dad says it can get a little rowdy, so it's not surprising that he wanted to move out. No hard feelings. And at the time, I wrote in my notes, I don't know if I believe that for some reason. 
Does his dad really not care if he lives in the house of the family? Or are there hard feelings? Rhea looks at a huge, beautiful family portrait. And we see Shiro in it towards the left side of the panel. And he's there as a kid. Remember those names, Kira and Kai? I wonder if they're the blonde ones near Shiro in the picture. What do you guys think? It stood out to me that they were the only blonde ones in their family. And I'm not the only one who felt that way. Rain of Stars commented on this episode of the webtoon and said, They most likely look like their mother, while Shiro looks like their father. I think their mother might have blonde hair, but she isn't in that portrait since she was married into the family, and only those born into the family are there. I'm taking that as a theory, unless this person read the Canvas series and it was revealed back then, but I'm not sure about that. If this is a theory, it could be possible that everyone in this picture are the ones who were born into the Ayakami family, and maybe the mother just wasn't a part of this family portrait. I bet we'll find out as the comic continues. Jessica commented on this episode of the webtoon and said, it should be a crime to have a whole family be that fine. (laughs) I love how that rhymed. (laughs) And no lies were spoken. Everyone is beautiful in that picture. Shiro's father says, by the way, Rhea, when you see him, he may be a little tense. Just try to be gentle. I appreciate him, you know, setting up the mood that Shiro may be in when she enters the room, but Rhea notices something else. She wonders how he knows her name. And Shiro's dad says, he already told me about you a long time ago. Do we trust daddy or nah? Is what I wrote in my notes at that moment. <laughs> Do we trust him or nah? At this point, I was like, okay, he knows more about Rhea than he lets on. But I couldn't tell if it was innocent or not. So... Once Rhea goes into the room, an old man, who I assume from the picture is now Shiro's dad's dad, comes up to Shiro's father and says, Hisao, what do you think you're doing? And Hisao says, don't worry, I have a feeling this time it'll be different. What does that mean, this time? I don't have any theories for that yet. But I am logging this and taking note of this because I think it'll come up again later. Ginger Snap ZZZ3 commented on this episode and said, Dad is playing matchmaker, I see. I do see. I feel like this father is so unexpected. I did not expect for his personality to be this way, but I love it. And I'm eager to see more from him. When we come back from this short musical interlude, we are discussing the moment where Rhea and Shiro, I feel like, have their first fight. And I'll let you know what this fight reminded me of. We'll be right back. Episode 19 starts off with Rhea walking into Shiro's room, and he is so surprised to see her here. He's wearing a long-sleeved white shirt that is conveniently open, so we can see the bandages covering his stab wound and other bandages, and all of his abs. All of his many abs. It's abs on abs on abs on abs. (laughs) So Rhea rushes towards him, asking if he's hurt, asking if he's okay, And Shiro grabs her wrist and stops her, saying, she isn't supposed to be here. 
And that's when Rhea mentions that she called him like a million times. She texted and she asks, are you seriously trying to pretend it didn't happen? And Shiro says, well, he could have been asleep when he missed those calls, which made me laugh a little. It made me chuckle because everyone knows you saw that she called Shiro and you chose to ignore it because of what you're going to explain later in this episode. (laughs) Let's just make that clear. But all of this talk about missed calls and Shiro not responding kind of gave me flashbacks to episode 13, which was the breakup of Corey and Shiro. So Rhea is nowhere near as vindictive as Corey, and she's not cheating on him, and they're not in a relationship. But the parallel I see is a woman having a problem with Shiro not being available and missing calls and Shiro coming up with excuses for it or trying to explain it away, it feels a bit like a pattern in his life. One nice thing is that Shiro in this instance ends up apologizing and explaining himself. I think it happens because Rhea actually wants to have a conversation with him, and in the past, Corey would blame him and talk over him and not give him an opportunity to truly and honestly explain himself. But Shiro says, I just didn't know what to say. I thought I was protecting you. And that makes sense why he didn't respond. He knew his cover was blown, but like, how do you proceed after that? (laughs) You saved her life, but now she knows what you do at night. He was in a pretty tough situation. Rhea calls him out though. She calls him out for hiding and never letting anyone in. And I applaud her for this because if you're going to truly be friends with someone, sometimes you have to hold them accountable for their actions. And that's what she's doing here. Once again, I am reminded of his final fight with Corey. Even though she was unfaithful and really demanding, she did mention that he has an issue of never letting anyone in. And Rhea's bringing that up right now. Rhea apologizes too. And she says, I'm sorry I came uninvited. Now that I know you're fine, I'll leave. And Shiro says, no, wait. (laughs) It was such a cute boyish thing for him to do. Like, no, wait. He asks her to stay. He doesn't want her to go. (laughs) I love when Rhea touches his cheek in one of these panels and she asks if he's okay again. She truly cares about him and his well-being. And I hope he sees that and appreciates it. I think he does. He says, no, he's tired. And I was like, boy, me too. I am tired almost all the time, every day of my life. (laughs) I can relate. And he says he doesn't want to do this anymore. And by that, I took it to mean that he doesn't want to be a vigilante anymore. Rhea says he doesn't need to answer all of her questions now. They can go back to how they used to be. But surprisingly, Shiro doesn't want that. He's never been honest with anyone. And look where that got him. True. That is truth. And you know what this is? This is growth. I am seeing the character development already. And I'm liking the pacing too. I mean, in like 15 episodes, Rhea figured out that Shiro's a vigilante. I think the concept of vigilantes wasn't introduced until episode seven. I really like how Rhea is confronting him as a friend who cares about him because she just wants to know more and she wants him to let her in. Rhea comes right out and asks if he and his family are the vigilantes from the news. And Shiro confirms it. Up until this episode, I don't know about you guys, but I was always sure that Shiro was a vigilante ever since the concept was first introduced. But 
I didn't know whether his family was on the vigilante side or the mobster side of it all. Remember episode six? There was a flashback to when they were little at school and the kids were whispering about Shiro saying, I heard his family is a group of mobsters. And that's when we saw that Bass was super protective of Shiro, even at this age, stepping up to bullies. And that's how they became friends. Because of that flashback and because of the outside opinions on Shiro's family, I always wondered if there was a mobster side to them all along. And even here, in my notes, when I first read episode 19, I wrote, I wonder if Shiro's family has a history of being on the mobster side, but then switched it up more recently. I don't know. <laughs> we'll talk a little bit more about that theory. But Leanne Joe commented on this episode of the webtoon and said, Shiro's family isn't as bad as I thought they were. My exact feelings, yes. So then we cut to Hisao, Shiro's dad, talking to the older man, who I assume is his dad, his south says, those two have been in there for a while. Well, I can't help it. I guess my boy really is a man now. <laughs> that made me laugh because, excuse me, sir, what do you think they're doing in there? And grandpa's face after his south said, I guess my boy really is a man now. Grandpa's eyes were bulging out. I feel like anyone around his south for any period of time, their eyes are going to bulge out. If you're a cat, if you're a human, <laughs> You were going to have a moment where your eyes pop out of your head because his sow said something ridiculous. <laughs> Cult of Dorks commented on this episode of the webtoon and said, We all went to the gutter. <laughs> it's true. Drag us. Drag us all. Everyone's mind went there. Don't deny it. Capiolani Kiola commented and said, Not dad and grandpa thinking they're getting started on the fourth generation. <laughs> I thought that was a really clever comment. When we come back from this short musical interlude, we are talking about Rhea and Shiro's heart-to-heart -heart that was so beautiful, and Bass doing something I did not expect from him. <laughs> He's going to get a talking to when we come right back. Episode 20 comes in hot with some answers to some questions about Shiro's lineage and family. So Shiro says, We're hired to do things others wouldn't do. All the dirty work. Jobs that need to be handled in secret. Sometimes we do it to protect the people who need it most. Other times it involves doing dangerous tasks many won't understand. So this is a good explanation. I still feel like Shiro is keeping it vague. Like he's not giving Rhea specific details of specific jobs he's done. I assume because he doesn't want to endanger her life. He doesn't want to give her too much information. But of course, I am craving it. I want it so badly. Because what does it mean to do secret jobs that sometimes protect people, but other times are dangerous tasks people won't understand? What is a dangerous task that someone wouldn't understand? And I wrote in my notes this question, and let me know what you guys think. Does one gang ever hire the vigilante family to attack another gang? To protect one gang, do they hurt another? Do they get involved in, like, gang wars? I mean, Shiro, when you keep it vague like that, that's what I'm going to assume is happening. <laughs> I don't know. I'm just coming up with things. I can't wait to see him go on a mission so we see what it's like for him 
from his perspective to carry out a vigilante task that his family has been given. Whenever that happens, I feel like it'll clarify a lot. Rhea asks a good question. Why don't they just quit? Why doesn't his family stop being vigilantes if it's so dangerous? Shiro says, everything we've done, it's already in our name. It's in my blood and I can't erase that. I get it, but I also don't get it. (laughs) I would be Rhea nodding and smiling like, yeah, yeah, that's deep. That makes sense. But like my head is like, what? (laughs) I'm that meme of somebody with like all the equations in front of them and they like just don't understand. That's me. What does that mean? It's in your blood and you can't erase it. You're human, right? He's human. Yeah. He's not like a vigilante superhuman. They're not like their bloodline. Is something going on with their bloodline? And then it's already in your name. Are you afraid of like retribution from other gangsters who know your family name? Can you not quit and like move to a different town where no one's ever heard of you guys? I have questions. I have questions. I'm not as patient as Rhea, but I also understand that I cannot get all my answers right now. He asks Rhea if she's okay with this, with who he is and what he does. She seems pretty chill about it. And hey, this reaction was foreshadowed. Don't forget, back in episode eight, Shiro asked her, what would you do if you knew someone who was vigilante? And she basically said, well, she would be worried for them. Like she was on the vigilante side already. Even if that's a somewhat controversial take in their society, in their world. So there's a cute moment now where Shiro is the one to put his hand on Rhea's cheek. And I feel like this is their love language, cheek holding. It's adorable. So Shiro asks an interesting question now. Now that you know the truth, do you really like who I am? Or are you just clinging onto the past? Because that version of me you hold on to, the one you said goodbye to at the carnival, he's not here anymore. I was like, damn, Shiro, way to ask the hard-hitting questions. Do you like me for me or do you just like the idea of me? Do you just like the memory of me from our childhood? Because this is the real thing, baby. (laughs) I just feel like Shiro is very brave to have asked that question. And all jokes aside, it kind of made me want to cry the first time I read it. Especially the part where he says, the one you said goodbye to at the carnival he's not here anymore. Yeah, it just made me really sad. What has he seen and gone through in the last decade to say that? We have a vague hint of the danger. You know, he's been stabbed. We, we know it's dangerous. But like, what has he seen? What kind of trauma has he been through for him to say that? Now, our girl Rhea says the absolute best thing that a person could say in this moment. When asked that question, Her response is, I like who you've become. And she says he's better than he used to be. And she'd like to get to know him all over again. So cute. Shiro's heart must have just melted. It must have been so warm that it melted and then evaporated and then came back and then melted again because that was a sweet, precious thing for her to say to him. And he says, he likes who she's become too. Because you know what? At the end of the day, who we were when we were like 11 or 10 years old, (laughs) that person isn't really us anymore either. You know, there's just no way. We are shaped by our life experiences and 
I love that she's like, no, it's beyond the idea of you. I like you for you. You are better now. That's cute. And of course, this is the moment where they get close, like they're about to kiss because they said some vulnerable things. They had a conversation that people who reacquainted themselves a few weeks ago would not be able to have this deep of a conversation unless there were also some romantic feelings involved. So it makes sense why they're leaning towards each other, like they're going to kiss, only to be interrupted by Bass. Bass, let me use your full name, Obasi. (laughs) I thought you were the captain of the ship, man. What are you doing? Why are you running in now and not two minutes from now? They would have kissed, sir. Smiley25 commented on this episode of the webtoon and said, Ship was sailing off, and Bass just brought it back to the shore, and two crying face emojis. (laughs) I mean, from his perspective, his friend was in danger. He was clearly very scared for his friend, and he did not know. He's not, like, psychic. He does not know what's going on behind those closed doors. So I don't really blame Bass, but I also blame Bass. (laughs) I wanted that kiss. So this line from Bass stood out. He said, I was so busy with Becky that I didn't stop to think about you. I'm like, ooh, Becky. Let me write that name down. I want to meet Becky soon. I'm so nosy. I want to see Becky. I want to see if she's good enough for Bass. (laughs) I remember in an earlier episode, Bass saying that he had a date. And now I wonder if it was with this Becky. So Hisao tells Rhea that she's got some competition as he's looking at his son with Bass. And I'm just like, his hat was full of jokes. He is so funny. But I think he was also serious in this moment. (laughs) Killua Bean commented and said, Shiro's dad, and then posted three laughing emojis. I swear he ships his son with everyone. Yes, he does. Rosalind Trinidad Marmalejos commented and said, I just think he's happy his son has someone to love. The business they are in can make it hard to get close to people that are not in the business too. Oh, yeah. We saw how isolated and closed off Shiro can become. And we find out one other new piece of information this episode. Apparently, Bass didn't know that Shiro was a vigilante. He thought Shiro was with a girl every time he disappeared. Also hilarious when he says, so what you're saying is you're Batman and I'm Robin? And then he complains about being a sidekick. I definitely laughed out loud. This comic has such great humor. Gay Blue commented and said, wait, so Bass didn't know? I definitely thought that Bass knew. That was something I believed coming into this episode, and I was shocked to find out that he was dense enough to think that Shiro was with a girl every time he disappeared. One of my patrons had a comment on this episode of the webtoon. Marsing12 Mari commented and said, I also thought he knew too. Back in episode 17, he thought to himself when Rhea called him, Does Rhea know? Maybe he didn't know the full extent of it. I'm curious to find out. Yes, back in episode 17, she calls Bass, who said that Shiro's probably at his family's place. And then Bass wonders if she knows. There is a slim possibility, I'm just throwing it out there, a slim possibility that Bass did know about him being a vigilante because there felt like there were hints all along the way. It's slim though, it's like a 7% chance. And he's just covering it up now. Not sure why he would do that, but there's a small chance. And then like there's a 93% chance that he is just dense and thought 
he was with a girl. But he knows about Corey, too. Like, in episode 12, Bass clearly doesn't like Corey. He said to Shiro that he didn't sound too happy the last time he talked about her. Look at his facial expression. He doesn't like Corey. So which girl did he think Shiro was running off with all this time? I don't know. This might be one of those times where I get out my magnifying glass and it was not needed. Things were there in normal size. I did not need to zoom in on them. (laughs) But also, this could be the start of like, "Mm, Bass might know more and be more clever than we assume. I don't know. In the meantime, we'll keep an eye on him. I mean, he says his mom is a hairdresser. I have not seen that with my own eyes yet. I'm watching you, Bass. Let's see how truthful you are. Show me your mom. (laughs) In all seriousness, I love his character a lot. Before we go to this next short musical interlude, here's a fun fact for you. Scarlett Luisia commented on this episode of the webtoon and said, Yes, the episode I've been waiting for for months. I've been dying to see Rhea and Shiro's reactions. On canvas, it ended when Rhea opened the door and saw Shiro injured. What a long time cliffhanger. It's good to see that Shiro finally has some friends who know what he's going through. And I love his style, LMAO. <laughs> That's great to know. I wish I was one of those people who could be like, Canvas Squad, <laughs> Discover Squad. <laughs> But you know what? It's fine. It's fine. I'm here now. And that's all that matters. When we come back, we are talking all about Grandpa talking to Hisao, who in turn talks to Shiro. We've got the men in the family reprimanding each other, but also giving interesting and good advice. So we'll be right back. In episode 21, everyone is drinking tea, and Shiro's dad, Hisao, asks to speak with him privately. I love how Bass teases Rhea about finally seeing Shiro's bedroom. Remember episode 5? Well, if you don't, I'm going to tell you about it. That was the episode when Rhea asked Shiro to show her his favorite place in the city. She's like, I'm back in the city now. It's changed so much. I would love if you could show me your favorite place. And he thinks about it, and he's like, Yeah, my bedroom. (laughs) And then they got so embarrassed in the next panels. It was hilarious. I will say that I always thought he meant his bedroom where he stays at Bass's place, right? Where they're housemates together, that bedroom. But now I don't know because Bass teasing him like this, it must be this bedroom at this house. Grandpa says to Shiro about the incident last night, you went rogue. You should know very well by now that we do not meddle with matters beyond our duty. So that makes me think that he wasn't supposed to help that little girl who is, I don't even know what those gangsters wanted with her. Like, that's a big question. Why were the gangsters kidnapping a little girl? Was she like a politician's daughter? What, like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Is this rush hour two? Was that what's going on? Or I, I don't know. What was the significance of her? Were they just really creepy, scary men who like to kidnap little girls? Do they traffic them? We don't know yet. But it seems pretty clear that it was beyond Shiro's duty to do that, to save the little girl and Rhea. Apparently, they're not supposed to risk their lives for people they're not hired to protect, which feels like, I guess I understand the rule, but it's also like if you're protecting people anyway, hmm. When they're hired, I guess I never thought about this, they get paid 
to protect people, but they're like, we don't do our services for free, probably because of the risk of getting caught. Like if you're going to get caught and go to jail for stabbing people and attacking people, you might as well make money doing it. I think that's where grandpa's coming from. Gramps says Shiro needs more training, but Shiro definitely got reprimanded. And we can see why he's so closed off about his family matters. If you have that reinforcing it all the time, grandpa's saying you shouldn't have gone beyond, you shouldn't have meddled, you shouldn't have brought your friends into this. He's definitely encouraging him to keep his mouth shut. Gramps also says, don't put your friends in harm's way, especially the ones you care about most. No matter how careful you think you are, there will always be consequences. Uh Uh-oh, some ominous foreshadowing right there, huh? I feel like there will be consequences and hopefully there are consequences that we can get through and I hope nobody dies. (laughs) Shiro isn't the only one getting reprimanded here. His dad, Hisao, also got a talking to from his father, Gramps, and he got smacked for letting a stranger into the house. So it is not easy when you disobey, you will get the consequences. Once grandfather has left the room, Hisao brings up Rhea and Shiro tries to dodge the subject. That's something he does a lot in life. He's like, okay, just change the subject real quick (laughs) so I won't have to answer. But his dad won't let him. Shiro finally says, you heard what grandpa said. There will always be consequences. People like us are not meant to share a life with others. And you of all people would know that, right? What does that mean? I wrote in my notes, in all caps, where is your mama, Shiro? (laughs) Because that's what he's alluding to, right? His father shared his life with his mother, and there were consequences. So Hisao says, if he listened to grandpa 23 years ago, then he wouldn't have Shiro now. And this is the moment where I kind of cemented my first impression of Hisao. I feel like he's a father who really loves his son. And it dawned on me that I was super skeptical of him. A lot of it's because that was like one of the twists of the story. (laughs) But also because this dad is a good one, at least so far. And I think I've become used to some webtoon dads who are pretty awful. So I was super suspicious of Hisao. But now I kind of love him. I think I love him. There was an exchange of dialogue in this conversation that cracked me up. Hisao says, you should learn to trust yourself a little more. The old man is not always right, you know. And Shiro goes, but you're my old man. And Hisao says, no, no, I'm a special old man. I'm limited edition. It's different. (laughs) That is genius. I love that piece of writing from Steph. Applause. That was great. Dark Princess Kirohime commented on this episode and said, If the creator of this webtoon had their own merch, I would totally buy a shirt that says, I'm limited edition, with Shiro's dad's face on it with a smug look. Oh yeah, sign me up. I would also get that. (laughs) Another highlight of this episode is Shiro accusing Hisao of wanting grandkids. (laughs) And Hisao says, I for one think she's in love with you. And Shiro says, you think everyone is in love with me? Hisao goes, and am I wrong? (laughs) No, you're not. He's not wrong. What a beautiful relationship. I feel like it's so fresh. It's one of my favorite things about this comic. Saucy JTD commented and said, Hisao is captain of the ship. 
Yeah, move over, Bass. You came in and you stopped them from kissing. <laughs> you don't get to captain this ship anymore. You're on probation, sir. Put Hisao in the captain's spot. Give him his captain's uniform. Give him the hat. Let's go to sail with him at the helm. I'm ready. When we come back from this short musical interlude, we are talking about Shiro taking his shirt off, getting bandaged by our girl Rhea, and the conversation that they have. So we will be right back. In episode 22, we are still at the Ayakami residence. Rhea goes to the bathroom and finds herself looking in the mirror. I have to say she is so pretty. I think I wrote in my Insta stories when I first read this episode. Wow, she's so pretty. And as she leaves the bathroom, she sees framed photos on the wall. And she sees Shiro, young Shiro, with his mother. And she's not blonde. So there goes that theory when we were talking about the two blonde ones in the previous family portrait. Okay, Shiro's mom is not a blonde. Her eyes aren't the same as his either, and he has such distinctive eyes. And we know, confirmed by Rhea in this moment, that this lady, Shiro's mother, was not in the family portrait. I cannot wait till we get her backstory. I saw a lot of people in the comments also craving that. Can't wait till that moment happens where we find out a little bit more information about Shiro's mother. I did find it weird and strange that Shiro has never mentioned his mother to Rhea before, even back when they were kids. So even at their closest, he never talked about his mom. From the picture we're looking at, it looks like he's close with his mom. They are very happy and close in this picture, so I wonder why he doesn't bring her up. So Shiro shows up and tells Rhea that he got suspended. And for a second, I was like, wait a minute. Are we in high school? Are we in college? Suspended from what, sir? You're not allowed to go to class anymore? You have to stay home from school? But no, of course not. <laughs> He's a vigilante, Joe. Duh. So basically what suspended means in this context is the consensus is that he needs more training and he can't even disagree with it. I think he's pretty strong, though. It's not like he's losing battles, but he did get really hurt. So I understand his family being like, all right, let's bench him. Let's put him on the bench for a while. <laughs> and he's not going to play the next few games until he gets a little bit more training, practices a little bit more. While he's talking to Rhea, he kind of zones out at her beauty Shiro, I understand. Did you not just hear me talking about when she looked in the mirror? She looks so pretty. The both of them are gorgeous, gorgeous people. The story in this webtoon is fire. I love it. I also have to say a huge pull in this comic is how freaking beautiful the characters are. It is so aesthetically pleasing to look at. Here's a little bit of bad news. It turns out Shiro is still bleeding from his wound. It's leaking through his shirt. So together, Shiro and Rhea go to the infirmary. And once they're there, Shiro takes off his shirt, or at least he opens his shirt and then he takes it off. And of course that's distracting, but I was also distracted by something else entirely. I was like, Rhea, my dear, did you go to medical school? Where is the nurse or the doctor who runs this infirmary in the Ayakami household? Where are you? Because did anyone in this room go to med school? That was all I was thinking about when I was first reading, 
up until we get to the part where Shiro says that his uncle is a medic. So I need to talk to Shiro's uncle for a second. Like, come here, uncle. Let me talk to you. What year doctor are you? You're not like a first year intern, right? You have a lot of experience, right? You better be like a fifth year resident or an attending. I know my Grey's Anatomy terms. I need you to not be a brand new medic because Shiro's injury looks so bad. It is not a good injury. You don't want to mess around with that. We don't want it infected. We don't want him to need surgery later. So I'm trusting this medic who I have not met yet. And I don't trust him, clearly. But beyond that little distraction that I came up with myself, there's a really, really good panel of Rhea bandaging Shiro. I mean, it's just incredible. If I made this my phone wallpaper, would people at work judge me? Probably. Is it worth the risk, though? Probably. (laughs) So Shiro tries to relieve Rhea of some of her guilt. She is feeling like this was all her fault, and he tried to save her, and look what happened to him. She even calls herself weak, and she says as long as she's weak, she'll keep being a target. She wants to be strong, like Shiro. And the first thing that personally made me think of was like, oh, training montage? (laughs) Will we get a training arc? Is she going to get involved in Shiro's world? Is she going to become a vigilante herself? Because this feels like foreshadowing. She wants to be as strong as him. She doesn't want to be a target anymore. Oh, I don't think so commented on this episode of the webtoon and said, maybe Shiro will train Rhea in some self-defense. I could very much see that happening. It's like we're on that path. But I also have to point out that I feel bad for Rhea that she feels like she is a target and she is weak because in a way she's internalizing the trauma of what happened. She's like, it's my fault, but girl, you were preyed upon. Like some rude criminals and predators came after you and they had the nerve to hit you. You know, it's really not her fault, but I understand that she feels like it is. All throughout this episode, we get some beautiful panels of the two lovebirds just staring at each other and blushing. There's a moment where Shiro blushes so much that Rhea has to ask if he's okay. Like, she is concerned. (laughs) He tells her that he's suddenly very self-conscious about showing so much skin. We love a shy guy. We love a timid guy with abs. That is just a winning formula right there. They're such cutie pies together. The episode ends with poor Bass just waiting all by himself, wondering where everyone is. T.Fa commented on this episode of the webtoon and said, Bass somehow gives me Sokka vibes, if you know what I mean. Yes, I know what you mean, T.Fa. You mean Sokka from Avatar The Last Airbender. And I have to agree that there are some Sokka vibes. And in that case, maybe we get to see Bass pursue a love interest or have interactions with a love interest. In addition to being comedic relief, I bet we might see Bass have conflict with, you know, Shiro or Rhea while trying to pursue his own goals. I love this comic so much, and I can't wait to see how the mysteries we've talked about in this podcast episode unfold. If you want early access to the podcast, including the next time I talk about reunion, please join my Patreon at patreon.com slash girlwonder. All right, let's wrap this up. 
Wow, you made it to the end of the podcast. Thank you so much for listening to Girl Wonder. We currently have no sponsors, so here's a shout out to a random listener instead. This week's shout out goes to Lala Lala Lucy on Instagram. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast, Lucy. New episodes of Girl Wonder are uploaded on Saturdays. I am Joe Rochelle, and we'll talk again soon. Bye.